We've got even more preview content for this episode on youtube.com slash high resolution. It's all in video. Every week we put up more content there. So if you're following us here, you've got to follow us there. YouTube.com slash high resolution spelled correctly. We've also got this big fat stack of transparent, cool, fun, high resolution stickers. And we're going to start giving them out every single week. And the best way to get them, if you want them, is to tweet at us or Facebook at us at high res podcasts. So engage us. We might just give you some stickers, all right? Enjoy the episode preview. I would argue that most companies are not data-driven and don't really involve it in their design decision-making, right? Instead, they lean more on internal relationships and senior people within an organization. I'm curious what you see are some of the dangers of working that way. Yeah, and sometimes what you're referring to is uh, known as the HIPPO problem. Yes. And HIPPO stands for highest paid person's opinion. Yeah. Um, yes. and, and as if that's the deciding factor yeah. in, in what people do or don't do. Um, so I think the biggest danger is that um, the, the ideas that get built are the ones that are voiced by the loudest person, you know, or the person mm-hmm. who can argue the best. Um, you know, or the person who has special advantages because of their seniority or their position. Yeah. Um, and what that means is that many times that, that means that ideas from the bottom don't bubble up, mm-hmm. right? So you may not be getting this diversity of ideas that could be coming from the larger organization if it's really just one person's voice or the person who can argue the best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say that the skill of arguing the best shouldn't be the determining factor in what gets built or not. It should be whether or not the idea is strong and if the idea is good. So I think that um, what leveraging data does for an organization is that it helps you actually measure, you know, whether or not those ideas are having the impact that you believe they will have. And so at least in retrospect, even if you have a, a hippo or someone who is like, you know, always pushing their ideas through, if you can at least measure how successful those ideas are or aren't, yeah. you learn something about that, right? Yeah. So you start to have more clarity around like, oh, are those ideas, actually those ideas are always awesome and they always do work. Mm-hmm. At least that then gives more confidence to the organization that this yeah. person is in that position for a reason and it yeah. makes sense. If they don't always work, then it opens up the opportunity for other people to start to throw in ideas you know, that can get measured by the same um, you know, criteria. criteria, yeah. 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 Uh, how, how would a, a team go about identifying whether or not they have a hippo problem? Or do you think this is a, like an obvious thing that they just know? It's not, but but that's for like, but usually the hippo doesn't realize that they're being a hippo, ah, <laughs> right? So, so, but that's why I think that like actually starting to be consistent and fair about measuring the yeah. impact of different ideas yeah. helps you get there, you know? We, we, um, we've done it here before and we, we've done it at Netflix is sometimes you take bets on how something's going to perform. Um, and, and then you place those bets ahead of actually launching the test and getting wow, the data okay. back. Um, and then you can actually see, like, hey, what's my track record? Now, cool. it's a little, it's cool, but it's also a little scary because yeah. you're kind yeah. of putting your, but I think in the interest of, like, hey, let's all learn together. Yeah. You know, it kind of throws everyone in the same boat. And in yeah. some ways, it, like, levels the playing field. Yeah. I'm curious. I, if I'm that designer in the room, that yeah. really quiet designer to the back, and yeah. the hippo is currently in the front speaking and just guiding the entire conversation, yeah. What do I do? Like, where do I, how do I present this to the room to actually level that playing field? Yeah, I mean, then you actually have to start by having a process where yeah. you're testing ideas against each other. Yeah. Because then it doesn't feel that bad to say, oh, why don't we try something else at the same time? Yes. Right? But that also 
implies that you have to have a little bit of the infrastructure in place to actually be able to test two ideas at once. But it doesn't always have to be A-B testing. It can be, oh, well, let's just build two prototypes. You know, I think this might have some possibility. Let me just sketch up an alternative yeah. and let's see how those work with each other. And then yeah. you get information back and you can say like, oh, when we got the test back, this one did perform better than this one, right? Yeah. So I think it's really, you know, designers actually should always be generating multiple ideas and multiple oh. proposals. And even if you're not battling a hippo, you should be coming up with multiple ways to get to the same solution mm -hmm. and figure out which of those, you know, means was the most productive. Right, so so I think it's presenting it in that light. Yeah. Here's an alternative idea, or here's another way we might approach it. Right, there's many ways to to get to the other side. Yeah. So that designer just needs to be the facilitator and advocate yeah. for that. And advocate for yeah. that. I mean, I think the organization needs to advocate for let's try, let's get into the mode of trying lots of things. Why should we try lots of things? We'll learn faster. Sure. If we're trying different things at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, most organizations want to be learning organizations. Mm -hmm. You know, it struck me earlier when you said that. Generally, it's the hippo that doesn't know that they're the hippo. Yeah. Um, how would a hippo? Well, so if a hippo, <laughs> I love I that. I love we're gonna get like this, this like yeah. clip where like, like I, 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 I hippo so much. Yeah. <laughs> they're large water re animals. Re rewind <laughs> a few minutes, and, and yeah. you'll get so the highest paid person's opinion. Yeah. Right? The moment they identify that they are the highest paid yeah. person and that their opinion tends to resonate more than others. Yeah. What should they they do? Like, what's the right recourse um, yeah. for them at that point? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, self-awareness is so much. Yeah. And then I think that anyone actually who's in a leadership position probably has this problem. Yeah, you can easily solve right? it. Right? And so then it's just that you have to learn in which instances are you going to be more silent. Mm. You know, maybe don't be the first person to speak. See if right. someone else comes up with the same idea that you would have proposed. And advocate for them instead, right? So like, yeah, although then your voice is still... You know, oh, I see. Like, oh, right? interesting. But it's just yeah. like, but I think it's just interesting to say, like, you know, like uh, sometimes you can be silent for a while, yeah. and then if your idea hasn't come up and it's like the end of the meeting, then you can throw it out. There is yeah, like one that. one more alternative, but now it's like one of six. Yeah, it doesn't become the predominant one that everyone then gloms onto, yeah. right? So, I think it's a little bit of self control. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I read somewhere I don't recall where but I read somewhere that uh, at one point you advocated for debating on your team so much that you actually had stand up debates yeah, live. What what is that story? Tell us that story. What yeah, is that? well, it actually started. Well, it started at Netflix because I think Netflix has a strong culture of of debate. Yeah. Um, and and it's just sort of like that process of like let's let's have a an argument about like or let's have let's get into a debate about like what's the best idea. Yeah. Right. And I think debate is uh, the right word, not argument, like mm. I said earlier, because um, it's really a vetting of ideas mm. that takes place. And so it's not personal. Right. Um, and there's something that's because of the academic nature of debate that also makes it not not personal. Um, but I think that debate is really important for designers for two reasons. One is as a designer, you always have to be able to articulate your idea and you always have to be able to to logically argue for it and logically express why it makes sense, why your solution makes sense. Um, so that's definitely a characteristic that you, or a skill that you develop when you debate. Mm -hmm. The second thing is um, it when you're actually doing a debate, you have to be a little bit open-minded to the other person's point of view. Mm -hmm. And you also have to be able to listen really well to what they're saying, mm -hmm. understand their argument, and react to it, right? And sometimes your reaction might be like, oh, actually, you're right. Uh, but sometimes your reaction is like, oh, now I see why you're saying that. Actually, here's a different angle on that, right? Mm -hmm. You get a deeper understanding of what the 
what, what they're saying, you know, what their position is back to you. Thanks to Squarespace for their support. Whether you need a domain, a website, or an online store, make your next move with Squarespace. Visit squarespace.com and enter the code high resolution, one word, for 10% off your first purchase.